Welcome to Whores Talk Whore. We're not really whores. We just like wordplay. Hello and welcome to Whores Talk Whore. I'm Sharon. And I'm Melinda. And today we are going to be talking about some hometown hauntings. A while back, we covered the mysterious deaths and ghosts that surround the Cecil Hotel in L.A., And then we did a follow-up episode about some of the other most haunted and mysterious hotels also in Los Angeles. Well, L.A. is not the only city in the country with haunted hotels. Because it's Halloween month, we decided to tell some ghost stories surrounding the most haunted hotel in Chicago. Allegedly. (laughs) The Congress Plaza Hotel, or Plaza if you're fancy. Plaza. Uh, I do have to give credit to October All Year, who I follow on Instagram. She posted a picture of a hotel room door at the Congress Hotel that was on the 12th floor and stated that the room is so haunted that they have a padlock on the outside of the door so that no one can go inside the room. Naturally, I was very intrigued because I had never heard about this alleged haunted room at the Congress Hotel. And also, I didn't know anything about the Congress Hotel's haunted reputation. And I actually went to college just a few streets over. <laughs> oh, my God, that's true. I didn't think about that. <laughs> so, yeah, I was I was around that hotel a whole bunch. I um, was, too. Oh, yeah. We went to college together. This is total news to me, too. So I don't know where the three of us have been living in this area our whole lives. You also went to that college for one year. <laughs> um, yeah. So while I was doing research, I discovered a ton of ghost stories about the hotel and also some stories about mysterious deaths from what may be the most haunted hotel in Chicago. We will tell you those stories and also separate fact from fiction in just a minute. But first, let's begin with a quick overview of the hotel before we get into all the horror that unfolded inside the hotel walls. Um, And I'm going to be doing this story alone because Mindy's had a, uh, a very busy <laughs> last couple of weeks. So uh, I took this one on. So Mindy, are you ready to hear some scary stories from the Congress Hotel? Um, I am so ready. You know that. Let's do this. I want to hear. All right. Well, when the Congress Plaza Hotel was <laughs> originally constructed in 1893, it featured cobbled streets, gas lights, and horse-drawn carriages. The hotel was originally called the Auditorium Annex when it opened, ready to house throngs of visitors from around the world coming to see the 1893 World's Fair in Chicago, known at the time as the Columbian Exposition. You may have heard about another famous hotel that opened in Chicago around that same time, Mm -hmm. the infamous Murder Castle, built by serial killer H.H. Holmes, sat just eight miles south of the Congress Hotel. Ooh. Put a pin in that, because we will come back to him in a bit. Okay, good. The original conception for the Congress Hotel was an annex with a facade designed to complement Louis Sullivan's auditorium building, which sat just across the street. At the time, the Sullivan building housed a remarkable hotel, theater, and office complex. The auditorium annex was built by famous hotel developer R.H. Southgate. The first section, also called the North Tower, was designed by Clinton Warren with Louis Sullivan and Dankmar Adler serving as consultants. 
Peacock Alley was a celebrated feature of the new hotel. It was an underground marble passageway that connected the new annex with Sullivan's building. Cool. That sounds, yeah, that sounds really interesting. And I unfortunately do not think it exists anymore. I was picturing something unlike a marble underground when you said Peacock Alley. Well, there is a mall on the south side of Chicago, Ford City Mall. Remember, they had an underground alley, which I also believe was called Peacock Alley. I don't remember that. It was like a strip of stores that was under the parking lot, and it was very spooky. (laughs) Which, yeah, no comment. I mean, that mall's spooky for other reasons. I was just going to say, I'm sure that 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 underground shopping area was spooky for spooky reasons and kind of creepy. I know. I remember you and I got in trouble for going to that mall by ourselves when we were little to go see a movie. My mom still talks about that and claims we lied to her, which we did not. Oops. I want to know what movie you saw. It wasn't about the movie. It was the- No, but but can you remember what movie? Yeah, I think it was Oscar. The movie with Sylvester Stallone <laughs> oh God. and Marissa Tomei. I'm pretty sure we went to go see Oscar. I forgot that movie existed. Yeah, me too. So just... <laughs> it's a good movie. <laughs> I really liked it. Um, anyways, back to the history of the Congress Hotel. Yes, please. Uh, So the South Tower was constructed later between 1902 and 1907 and was designed by renowned architectural firm Halliburd and Roach. The South Tower housed a magnificent banquet hall known now as the Gold Room. Another ballroom called the Florentine Room was added to the North Tower in 1909. These two famous public rooms combined with the Elizabethan Room and the Pompeian Room were used to host many of the Chicago's elite social events of the day. Many famous people have stayed at the hotel, including many U.S. presidents, Grover Cleveland, William McKinley, Teddy Roosevelt, William Howard Taft, Woodrow Wilson, Warren Harding, Kelvin Coolidge, and Franklin Roosevelt all made the Congress their base of operations while in Chicago, leading to the hotel's longtime moniker, the Home of Presidents. And then it ended with Franklin Roosevelt. I don't know. (laughs) I had no idea about... This is so educational, Sharon. Thank you. I know. I'm trying not to be super educational, but we got to go through this to get to the spooky. (laughs) Over the years, various owners have updated the hotel in continuous efforts to keep up with the modern conveniences offered by other hotels and accommodation properties of the times. By 1908, the hotel had created an identity of its own as it housed more than 1,000 guest rooms. That is a lot of people's energies. No wonder it's haunted as fuck. Right. In 1911, in order to differentiate the now successful hotel from its original form, the owners renamed it the Congress Hotel, derived from its location on Congress Street across from the celebrated Congress Plaza section of Grant Park. During World War II, the hotel was purchased by the government and used as a headquarter for U.S. Army officers. In 1945, a group of Chicagoans banded together to purchase the hotel and reopened it to the public. Throughout the last 100 plus years, the hotel has made many updates And today, the Congress Plaza Hotel has retained its unique character by blending the old with the new. 
and we are going to have to take a field trip to the hotel uh, maybe, you know, this month. What a better time to go. I would love to. I've actually never been inside of it. And I didn't know it had this whole history. This is really fascinating. I'm sure I've been inside to use the bathrooms <laughs> <laughs> at some point in my life. Um, but yeah, that's probably that's probably it. All right. So let's move on to why this hotel is considered to be the most haunted hotel in Chicago. Yes, please. Let's start with a more recent story. In 2014, celebrity chef Pete Evans posted about a spooky encounter he had at the Congress Hotel. He wrote about his trip to Chicago on social media and said, quote, this has to be the strangest post I've ever written. After arriving in Chicago tonight, I had a quick bite at the girl and the goat and checked into my hotel quite late. The walk from the elevator to room 447 was one of the weirdest experiences. It suddenly felt eerily cold and I sensed that something just wasn't quite right with the energy, not only in the hallway, but even more so once I was inside my room. I've always been super skeptical about the paranormal, or at least I was. I tried to shake it off and tell myself it was all in my head, but the extremely uneasy feeling didn't go away. If anything, it became more intense, so I grabbed my bags and pretty much ran out. I bypassed checkout, jumped straight in a cab, and got the fuck out of there. While on the way to a new hotel, I asked the cab driver if he knew anything about that particular hotel being haunted, and he said he hadn't heard anything. So I googled Congress Plaza Hotel Chicago Haunted. Numerous stories came up about other people's gravely bizarre experiences in the hotel, and I got some serious goosebumps. Wow. I know. And it was what, 2014? 2014. Wow. Uh, and supposedly, there's a story about two Marines who once fled the hotel in their underwear at 3 a.m. Hello. <laughs> claiming that a towering black figure came out of the closet and headed straight for their beds. Although, when I tried to Google two Marines in their underwear to find the story, <laughs> I got a lot of weird hits for that search, um, but was not able to find the original story. So that story is unconfirmed. Although I'd be interested to see if we could post some of the hits that you did <laughs> find, because I'm sure they were very interesting. <laughs> but the Pete Evans story, I did Google that, and that I did find a lot of um, information corroborating that. So that, wow. that one I'll believe. Okay. There was also one reviewer on TripAdvisor who stayed at the hotel in 2009 and wrote of lying in their bed and seeing the curtains move as if someone was peeking at them from behind the curtains. And the reviewer's friend heard someone whistling in their room while she was in the bathroom on three separate occasions. They also complained of the room being extremely cold even though it was really, really hot when they were staying there outside, it was very, very hot. And they even had servicemen come up to see if, you know, there was a problem with like the air conditioning or something and yeah. nothing they do could make it warmer in there. So I'm going to say is if we decide to stay there ever, um, not to be weird, but we're all three of us share in a room like we're going to do the old like get a cot for the kid thing, but I ain't sleeping by myself. You're the kid. <laughs> Just as long as you're the kid, Mindy. Well, yeah. Or I'll, it, 
some point, if something scary happens, I'll probably like be like, move over, both of you. <laughs> they might have rooms with two beds. Oh, yeah, that's a very good possibility. <laughs> right away, I go for like the lowest common denominator. Once again, Spencer's I mean, the you, brains behind this whole if operation. If you prefer a cot, we can make, we can make that <laughs> arrangement. Pull up bed. This I room ain't... has three beds, but they wanted a cot. I, don't know. <laughs> I ain't sleeping by myself. That's all I'm saying. Sleeping bag on the floor. All right. And it's not just the guests who have been terrified by the things they've seen at the hotel. Hotel staff have encountered plenty of frightening occurrences that have ranged from shadow people to hands reaching out of walls, dead bodies in bathtubs, screaming gunshots, appliances being turned on and off, carpet being ripped up, furniture moving around the room, pictures spinning on the walls and full-bodied apparitions, including those of Al Capone and Teddy Roosevelt. Let's start with some of the most popular ghost stories surrounding the Congress Hotel. Most of this information comes from MysteriousChicago.com, written by Adam Selzer, who is a tour guide and also a historian in Chicago and New York, along with many other sources. As always, we include all the links to our research in the show notes. It seems like there are endless stories of tragedies that have taken place at the Congress over the years. For starters, there's a story of James Kennedy, a New York man who checked in alone in May of 1910. He went to his room, cut the dry cleaners identification tags out of his clothes, burned his papers, walked to the lake and shot himself. Later that same year, an insurance salesman named Andrew Mack called on a friend at his Congress Plaza hotel room before also walking to the lake and drowning himself at the foot of Van Buren Street. There is also the salesman who threw himself down an elevator shaft, a drifter who jumped off the roof of the North Tower, and the troubled family man who hung himself from a cupboard hook. Ew. A cupboard hook? A cupboard hook. How did that hold his weight? Well, not well, probably, but it didn't really matter for that long. They built cupboard hooks a lot stronger back in the day. Now now it's all cheap IKEA cupboard hooks. <laughs> Here's a story that surrounds one of Chicago's most famous gangsters, Al Capone. Yeah, bring it. It is said that Al Capone was one of the most notable and notorious residents of the Congress Hotel, who supposedly resided in a suite on the eighth floor of the North Tower. Rumor has it that Capone and his cohorts ran their headquarters from the hotel and at one time owned the hotel for a while. Oh, really? Well... Just wait. (laughs) Ah, Okay. There have been whispers about Capone's Chicago outfit committing gruesome crimes at the hotel. His spirit is said to haunt the halls, but these claims have come under scrutiny. The truth? Capone never owned the hotel. So there's your answer, Mindy. Thank you. He never lived there. Stories that he did are confusing the Congress with the Metropoli and the Lexington. He probably was there a time or two, and many members of his gang can be connected to the Congress. Some of his gang even held a guy prisoner there for a while, (laughs) (laughs) probably on Capone's orders. Um, And I don't know if you knew this, but one of the best ways to connect Capone to the St. Valentine's Day massacre was that someone called his place in Florida from the lobby of the Congress a bit before and also a bit after the shooting. 
a number of gangsters from both his gangs and other local gangs did live there in the 20s. And there are occasional reports of people seeing a ghostly man dressed up like they're from the 1920s. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I told you, we're going to separate fact from fiction. I love it. I like (laughs) it. I like it. It would be weird if Al Capone's ghost was there because he's not like, I don't think he died in the Congress. No, he died in jail, right? No. Yeah. I don't know where he died, honestly. Don't quote me. But there's so many, I mean, that's also like people seeing Teddy Roosevelt's ghost there. Like, I know for a fact Teddy Roosevelt did not die in the Congress Hotel. So why his ghost would be there when he didn't even, he didn't even live in Chicago. Right. He loved the Congress so much. (laughs) His soul traveled all across the country. This is why I want to go have a drink at the bar because that must be one hell of a bar. They, they, all these ghosts want to hang out at the Congress in Chicago. <laughs> if it's the same, I wonder uh, how old the bar is there. I wonder if it's just been remodeled or if it's like one of the original bars. Investigative Although, work is in order, but we'll get there. We'll, we'll go have a drink and, and talk with the bartender and see what they know. Another spirit said to haunt the hotel is named Pegleg Johnny. It's thought that a hobo with a peg leg had been murdered in the hotel sometime in the early half of the 19th century. Not much else is known about this spirit, but hotel staff and guests have reported sightings of a man with a peg leg lurking around the South Tower. In guest rooms on different floors, the hotel lobby, and also in dining areas. The mischievous spirit has been said to turn lights and electronics on and off, and he generally just scares and causes havoc for the guest. It is said that Peg Lake Johnny may have been a vagrant murdered at the hotel. There are other speculations, though, that he was actually a murderer named... Are you ready for this? Yep. Conway the One-Legged Killer Cloud. <laughs> um, new episode idea and great band name. From outer space is all it needs. I know, right? I'll say that again since I was laughing. Yeah, I think you should (laughs) reenunciate. So just so everyone's clear. So everyone's clear, this murderer's name is, was Conway the one legged killer clown who escaped from prison in 1925 and was never seen again after his prison break. The Congress is just up the road from the site of a murder that he was linked to. So could Peg Lake Johnny really be Conway, the one-legged killer clown? Um, by the way, I did look it up, and Conway, the one-legged killer clown, is an actual killer. For real? For real. And maybe one day we'll cover him in an episode titled dumbest murderer names <laughs> i was joking but like yeah we're told we should totally do an episode on that i would wow. love to um yeah i did a little research on him because i was like this cannot be a real murderer and sure enough it was but yes i i think that's a great idea for an episode spencer write it in the books put add it to the list scribble 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 put it, it on the list it's in the books <laughs> all right there's a story about a workman who supposedly got buried behind the balcony of the gold ballroom in the plaster wall when the hotel was being built is that like mac and it's always sunny where he's in that big mansion and he's like my uncle worked for this place and he even got buried in the walls so he's actually part of this mansion well we'll get we'll get to the the truth behind okay, this one all right, cool. in just a minute 
We will post a photo on social media of the plastered covered hand, which is called the hand of mystery. And Mindy, if you look at the document, you'll be able to see it right now. I saw a picture earlier, but I scrolled through it because I didn't want spoilers. Oh, okay. All right. Um, It really does, I mean, look like a person's hand coming out of a wall, grabbing onto a crossbar. Oh, my God. I mean, you can see, like, fingers, and it looks like fingernails. And, um, yeah, we'll definitely post a picture of that. But for the record, this is a complete myth. The First of all, the wall it's coming out of is not nearly thick enough for anyone to be buried (laughs) in it. (laughs) Unless it's a very, very skinny man. Um, And... At first, it was thought that it was probably just a glove that got plastered over, but it's deteriorated enough over time that you can see that it's not a glove either. So it's been suggested that it's probably just some caulk that happens to look like a hand. Um, But it's still kind of a cool story, and it definitely looks very much like a hand. Several of the ballrooms in the hotel are also supposedly haunted. In the Florentine Ballroom, staff at the Congress Hotel report electrical appliances turning on and off on their own, whispering women, humming men, phantom gunshots, and, of course, Teddy Roosevelt's ghost. Because where else would he be hanging out? Teddy Roosevelt, man. Who knew? (laughs) Yeah, supposedly his ghost has been seen hanging out in the Florentine Ballroom in the wee hours of the morning. It's also rumored that some of the bridesmaids at wedding parties who gather around the piano for photographs do not show up in pictures. What? Seriously? That is so weird. I mean, I guess. Maybe they're vampires? Real people don't show up? Okay. Vampires show up in pictures, I think. Unless they're taking a selfie in a mirror. (laughs) (laughs) Adam Selzer, who had done many group tours at the Congress Hotel, said, quote, Some of the coolest pics I've ever seen were taken here, and I've heard the piano play itself. Not a whole sonata or anything, just a couple of random notes, but a note or two is enough to give me the creeps. Several guards have stories about hearing music coming from the place. This is another place where there have been employees occasionally who do not like to go near the place, end quote. The Gold Ballroom doesn't have nearly as much ghost activity as the Florentine, but one guard reported that he had seen Pegleg Johnny there once. There are also stories about the adjacent kitchen area where disconnected equipment is said to start by itself. Then there is the Shadow Guy, a shadowy figure who lurks around the hotel and scares the crap out of many of the guests. One security guard said he chased the shadow guy up to the roof one time, but then the apparition just vanished. The most common theory of who the shadow guy could be is Captain Lou Ostheim? Ostheim? I'm I'm guessing Ostheim. Ostheim? Okay, we'll go with that. A Spanish-American war vet who shot himself in the hotel in April of 1900, apparently after waking from a nightmare. Though details are sketchy, and if he killed himself right after, I'm not sure how anyone would know this detail. Yeah, did he like post it on Twitter in 1900 before he shot himself? <laughs> he did. He Which did. was a carrier pigeon at that point. <laughs> That's where Twitter got its name, from the tweeting that the carrier... Pigeons they just made. post everything to a corkboard in the city central area <laughs> or whatever, city center, and then everyone would be like, oh, so this guy's doing this. Okay. There you go. Oh, this guy had a good breakfast today. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, 
He was found dead in his room on April 8th. There was a bullet wound to his right temple, and under his body was a new revolver. The captain was last seen alive Saturday, April 7th at 9 o'clock at night when he asked clerk Arthur O'Connell for the key to his room. The cause of the suicide was a mystery, and nothing was left in the room to throw any light on the matter. Now, let's talk about the sealed room on the 12th floor, you know, basically the impetus for this entire episode. (laughs) The 12th floor of the North Wing is considered to be the most haunted floor of the hotel, causing some employees to refuse to work on it. The entire floor itself is said to give off a very creepy and heavy vibe. So this is definitely the floor we are going to stay on if we stay at the Congress Hotel. Where I will be sleeping probably in between you and Spencer. (laughs) Good luck with that. (laughs) I'll be sleeping in the cot. (laughs) There is a little boy who supposedly haunts the 12th floor and is presumed to be the ghost of Carl Langer, a six-year-old who is thrown out the (gasps) window by his mother. Oh, my God. During World War I and II, the Congress Plaza Hotel was used to house immigrants and refugees from war-torn countries. That's very nice. In 1939, a 43-year-old Czech Jewish woman named Adele Longer was staying at the hotel with her two sons, Jan Misha, who was four, and Carl Tommy, six. They were in the country on a six-month visa, which was about to expire. Her husband was supposed to join them, but was delayed and unreachable. Adele was anxious for her husband to arrive and became increasingly nervous that they would all be deported soon. So she fell into a deep depression and eventually suffered a nervous breakdown. On August 4th, 1939, she and her children spent the day at the zoo. And when they returned to their room on the 12th floor that night, Adele threw her two sons out the window (gasps) before jumping herself. Oh my God. She died completely unaware that on that very day, they had received a letter informing the entire family that they had been offered permanent refuge in Canada. No. When Mr. Longer received the news that his family was dead, he reportedly threatened to commit suicide himself. Mm. Several security guards say they've seen the little boy and several employees have felt as though they were being chased down the hall. Not not a very happy story. No. No wonder they might be haunting the floor. Right. But back to the sealed off room on the 12th floor. Mm. A room so terrifying that it just had to be sealed off. Research has not turned up the actual room number. Some point to a room that's padlocked and say that's the one. Others say it's the one that's been boarded up. Still others claim you can't even place it anymore, that it's been papered over to remove any sign that it was ever there, and guests report that they can find the sealed off area by knocking on a wall that sounds hollow as if there's a room behind it. So which room is the most haunted room at the Congress Hotel? According to many blogs, people claim that it's not a room on the 12th floor at all, but that room 441 is the most complained about room in the hotel because a ghostly woman shakes the bed inside the room in the middle of the night. Yet no deaths have ever taken place in that room, at least that anyone knows of. Mm -hmm. This comes directly from Adam Selzer. Quote, the stories that one room is so haunted that they had to seal it shut 
probably grew from the old stories about room 666 being sealed off. Hmm. But really, there's an office where room 666 would be. Lately, I heard a lot of stories about room 441 being the most haunted, but those are fairly recent. For a long time, people would just come up with a random room number when you wanted to know which was the most haunted. Though, since this post was first published, I think they've settled on 441 after it was written about a few times. The story that any of them were the basis of Stephen King's short story, 1408, is outright fiction that Ursula Bielski invented for her article in one of her books. Quick side note, Ursula is the founder of Chicago Hauntings, Inc., and also a historian, author, and parapsychology enthusiast who's been writing and lecturing about Chicago's supernatural folklore and the paranormal for nearly 20 years. But back to what Adam said, quote, in the book, she says that some researchers have come to the conclusion that King used the story as the basis, but didn't say which ones or how they arrived at that conclusion. Frankly, you show me a researcher who concludes that and I'll show you an idiot. (laughs) King himself never mentions the hotel in his intro to 1408. He just says that it's his attempt at the old haunted room at the inn story that every horror writer should try out eventually. While I was working for her at one point, I called Ursula on it. And she said, well, it just makes a good story. Adam goes on to say, I don't work for her anymore and can't imagine I ever will again. She's way into Donald Trump these days. So I suppose I can say that now. End quote. So I think we've actually reached out to Ursula before to see if she wanted to talk on our show. And I'm really glad that we did not have her on our show because I didn't know any of this stuff about her. So good for us for dodging that bullet. Yeah, I have a number of her books, actually, as as does my father. And thank you for that info. I had no freaking idea. Is it time for a good old book burning? No, I'm, <laughs> no. Kidding. I'm no. kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Maybe just donate them, Spencer. Yeah. <laughs> Let's well, go the easy route. But yeah, but it, it makes you wonder, like, how much of her books are just completely made up. Interesting. Very interesting. I mean, honestly, though, if you're writing about ghosts, you're 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 probably going to, um, you know, fictionalize some of what you're writing about just to make it more interesting. So you kind of need to take everything with a grain of salt anyways when you're reading those types of books. But yeah. Wow. I, I would maybe get rid of those. All right. So after all my research, the terrifying room on the 12th floor that has been sealed off to keep people out or to keep something in just doesn't seem to exist. But the floor itself is supposed to be the most haunted part of the hotel. So obviously when we go there, we need to bring a Ouija board, spend the night, and see what we can conjure up, right? No Ouija boards, but spend the night, yes. All right, all right. That's a lot coming from her. That's debatable. (laughs) Well, and now you know I'm going to sneak a Ouija board in. (laughs) I just don't trust them, but there are other methods. Do you have one of those travel Ouija boards? I do have a travel Ouija board. (laughs) Yes, that's actually a really good idea. Something that you'd fold up and take with you. You could make one of your own. That is very true, but who's got time to make their own Ouija board? Especially when you're traveling. You should make a wood burn Ouija board. (gasps) Oh my God, I definitely don't have time for that. (laughs) But that that is kind of a cool idea. Yes. Maybe, Maybe I'll work on it slowly. All right, well, finally, 
What some people say is the hotel's creepiest legacy is connected to one of its real-life alleged patrons, Herman Webster Mudgett, better known as Dr. Henry Howard Holmes, a.k.a. H.H. Holmes. Holmes is known to have loitered around the Auditorium Annex hotel lobby in search of new victims. But truth be told, Holmes can be traced to a couple of buildings nearby, like a block or two away, but there's no actual evidence putting him in the Congress Hotel itself. Given his connection to nearby buildings, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility if he came to the Congress Hotel to look around or have a drink at the bar when it first opened, but there's never been any substantiated data that has been unearthed connecting him directly to the Congress Hotel. And also, he wasn't in Chicago all that long after it opened, and stories that he used to meet potential victims in the lobby are straight-up fiction. After Holmes was caught, he confessed to 27 murders, but there could have been as many as 200, some people say. Wow. And there you have it. That is the um, the brief story of the Congress <laughs> Hotel and some of its hauntings and bizarre murders. Well done, Sharon. Thank you. Yeah, I think we definitely, at the, at the very least, we just need to maybe go and, and have a drink at the bar and wander around. You For know, sure. maybe maybe we'll get on an elevator. Maybe the elevator will take us to the 12th floor. Maybe we'll have some recording devices. Who knows? Hey, I have my recorder that I know is old school, but ghost hunters use it. That Zoom recorder, so I'll throw some batteries in and it. And I literally have one a foot away from me right now that is <laughs> battery powered. So, and you know, we'll just wander around until security kicks us out. Ooh, I know. Let's all have our own recorder and we'll split up. No, we'll <laughs> like in Ghostbusters. Let's... Always the worst decision ever. <laughs> let's split up. <laughs> one of us might get slimed. All right. Well. Thank you for listening to us. If you have ever stayed at the Congress Hotel in Chicago and you encountered any sort of paranormal activity or you know someone who has, write to us, have them write to us at whorestalkwhore at gmail.com. Or if you stayed in any other haunted hotels anywhere in the world and you have a supernatural story you want to share with us, you can send those as well. It's spooky season, so now is the perfect time to share your ghost stories with us. You can also write to us with any episode ideas, recommendations on what to watch, any true crime stories, creepy stories, whatever you want us to read on the show. Special shout out to my Aunt Nancy's friend, Sandy. Sandy, we're expecting your email. I gave you our card. She has tons of cool, awesome, creepy stories, so we'll be awaiting those. Um. Just a quick side note, but also for all y'all, please subscribe to us and rate and review us on your streaming platform of choice because it really, really does help us get more exposure, which helps us keep the show going, which we like to do. Oh, and also, even if you listen to us on YouTube, because I know we have about 121 subscribers now, Ooh, um, please, you know, if you have uh, any access to any sort of podcast streaming service like Apple or Spotify, um, you know, go rate and review us, even though you mainly listen to us on YouTube, that would still be incredibly helpful. We would really, really appreciate it. 
So uh, I know we've gotten a lot of great comments on YouTube. If you're someone who's left us one of those great comments and you enjoy our show, please go rate and review us on whatever streaming platform that you can access. And like this video. <laughs> and also like <laughs> our video. And Good. share the video. Good call. Thank you, guys. Um, if you are able to, I know times are tough, but please do join our Patreon because you can get early access to episodes, see exclusive posts, and then, you know, sometimes we send you guys some cool shit in the mail, some goodies or something in the snail mail. So please subscribe if you're able to. Most of all, please be kind to each other, stay safe, and as always, thanks, thanks for getting, getting creepy with, with us. Sharon, you want a beer? Uh, oh my god.